Welcome to Sitting with My Sisters. We are three friends in three different places with three different perspectives. Bringing you a podcast to share the love, light, and goodness of Jesus Christ as we go through the recent general conference talks from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I'm one of your hosts, Melissa Hoy, and with me are my sisters, Kristen Lawler and Jamie Stone. So today, with Sitting With My Sisters, we are going to be discussing Becoming Like Him by Elder Scott D. Whiting of the 70, which, Becoming Like Him, Him meaning the Savior, if you were just confused on who Him is. So so we're going to go over this talk. Um, There's a lot of, a lot of good food for thoughts mind-blowing ideas um and definitely something to go back to i feel like as a resource to help as we are preparing and trying to continue to be like our our savior um so yeah so let's let's dive into it shall we um okay so so the first thing that he he started talking about is how this this task that we have of being even as i am as the savior says um, it's so cool. I, I don't know if you guys have seen this, but so many times when we, when we do these talks and go over it, a lot of the come follow me lessons, um, go hand in hand, just, just randomly. Um, we don't definitely don't plan it that way. Um, uh, um, it just kind of aligns with each other, which is really cool. Right now in the come follow me lesson, we have Christ talking about the church and talking about, um, establishing it and leaving the task for them to, be their perfect, even as I am perfect, um, which is, again, a very daunting task, as he, as he says. Um, it could be very overwhelming and very hard to do if we're so figurative about it. Um, and so I like the way he's kind of saying, you know, some of us have pushed it to the side and said, like, well, that's not really a realistic expectation. And then he kind of says, what if it is, though? What if it is a commandment? What if we can do that? And that's how he leads his talk, which at the time reading it was, I mean, listening to it was amazing. And then starting to read the rewards, I'm like, oh, we actually have to do it. I was already good in my mind that eventually, as Elder Helena said, I can just put it to the side. (laughs) Anyway. Uh, I like this talk so much more studying it this week for the podcast than when I first listened to it. Because when I first listened to it, I had like six lines of notes then studying it for this podcast I had over an entire like page but I like how he um he introduces his topic that he acknowledges that like we kind of just float by we do what's comfortable but he does it in a way that doesn't make you feel guilty or shameful or he it doesn't sound like he's scolding us and that he recognizes that we're never going to be perfect like Christ but we can do it to a degree and it like if you think about like a single degree it's so small like I'm I'm sure that every single person could take on one like one single attribute to be like Christ and when you think of it that way when he breaks it down it's not as scary or daunting plus you know he gets into more stuff that we're, we're going to talk about with how doing one thing brings on more but I kind of like that it wasn't 
it, it didn't seem like I was in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, and I like that he also brings up, you know, I know we all look at our savior as he was the most perfect person on earth, right? But, you know, he's the example for us. Like, if he can do it, we can do it, right? And I like how he points out that, um, you know, he says, just as Jesus Christ became like the Father. So even Christ, throughout his life on earth, had to go through this process of becoming like Heavenly Father. Well, I think that was also interesting what learning in the Come Follow Me lesson as far as being perfect, this idea that if you look into the New Testament, when Christ was given the same um, Sermon on the Mount and instructions, he says to them in Jerusalem, be there perfect even as my Father as in heaven. And it wasn't until he was already resurrected when he said, be there perfect even as I am. And so I forgot what language it translates to, but perfect is a lot of times as complete um, is what it referenced to. And so I like how he says, as well as that, as we progress, we become more complete, finished, and fully developed. Um, and it's not just about doing everything correctly. Um, it's about becoming to who, who what our heavenly um, desires should be, who, what our um, desires should be. Anyway, and I also do like to, what really stuck out is when he quoted Elder Maxwell and he said, Elder Maxwell said that um, one in which is, uh, rather is one in which we are so half-hearted and so lacking in Susan, enthusiasm for his cause, which is our cause too. You know, we're not meant to live this life to be a perfect person. We're meant this life to gather each other in our relationships. And I think because we have this idea of being there perfect as the savior, we get in the, I need to do this, this, and this to become like him instead of I need to love this person, this person, this person. Um, that's really the main goal that our Savior was and our Heavenly Father has given us, and which is also our cause. We came down to earth so we can gather all ourselves up to be able to return perfect um, and complete. So, all right. So he goes into our, uh, his first section is about res to resolve and commit. Um, and and I'm, I don't know if you thought of this, Jamie, but I did. I'm actually you probably thinking too, Krista, but like when he's talking about the fatigue of going like step by step, I, of course I think about running because there's so many times where I'm running. I was just this last Saturday, I was having such a bad, such a bad run. I was hurting in so many ways. And all I could do at one point was just think about one step. Okay. Just this step. Okay. Just this step. Okay. This just this step, you know, and, um, and it definitely makes the task way more achievable than to think, wow, you still have, 13 more miles left. You've only been running for a minute. And so it's, it's just so more, it's just a better perspective and focus than to look at the huge task in hand as to do a step-by-step, -step, which he shared um, himself. I loved it too, because I think this past, I don't know, two years, ever since I started working out with you ladies is like the biggest lesson I've learned that I learned through working out, but really it's spread out and bled into every aspect of my life is that small progress is still progress. If you just do a little bit at a time and break, you know, there's some times when you just have to eat the frog and do the biggest task first, but there's a lot of times where if you just do a little bit every day, it really does add up. Yeah. 
Well, and to rewind a little bit, what Melissa and Kristen are referring to is, you know, he brings up how him and his wife went to Japan and they're trying to climb Mount Fuji and they look up to the far distant summit and wondered if they could even get there. And he says as they progressed, you know, fatigue set in, sore muscles, and uh, mentally it was important for them just to focus on the next step. And I think for me that hit a lot because on my faith journey right now, sometimes it becomes so overwhelming that I don't know if I'm ever going to get where I want to be. Am I ever going to be filled with peace again? Am I ever going to have the faith and testimony that I used to once have? And sometimes I just want to, you know, put the covers over my head and not face that journey. But when I look at it as just doing simple steps, one step at a time, it doesn't become so daunting. Like I can get up and I can pray. I can pray to have faith. And maybe that is what's going to get me through a day. And slowly I can add scripture in there and this and that, but we really can keep it simple to move, to progress forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, I mean, even though my journey is a lot different and my being inactive wasn't a question of like, of doubt, but just being lazy and not living the gospel but um like when I decided to come back I felt really insecure that I didn't know all these different gospel lessons I didn't I couldn't name all the prophets when we would be in a in the scriptures in class I wouldn't even know where to find them you know I, I didn't know if it was in the book of Mormon or the new or the old testament and going through the temple, like, was not ever on my radar. But little by little, coming to church and then listening to conference talks. And, you know, now I have, like, a religious blog. I do a general conference podcast. I can't, I still can't quote scripture from memory, but I can be like, oh, Nelson gave a talk in 1984. And she has, like, a million different journals for all of her different things right but if you if I looked back at eight years ago when I first decided to come back to church like I would have never never ever imagined myself being who I am today and where my testimony stands like I just thought it'd be like yeah I come to church and the activities and that's it you know like I didn't think it would ever kind of snowball and grow into where I'm at today. But you know what I love about that? Like it goes right into his next thing, which he says the first step on this path to becoming like Christ is to have that desire. And you having that thought of just going back to church, like ignited that desire. And eight years later, like, dang, Kristen, look at you. It was that desire. I'm just a poster child for like coming on up, I guess. Right. I want to be like you. <laughs> Do I get a wheat? Like instead of Wheaties, can I get like frosted mini wheats? Yes. Like for the church, like for what? What is our brand for the church for our food? Is it Deseret? Like, yeah. Can I get like a my face on a Deseret cereal? <laughs> <laughs> you make the terms. You know, you're the you're the poster child. So. 
Why not? Um, yeah, no, I love how that goes right, right into what he kind of breaks it down on um, crisis attributes. Look at the attributes um, individually and look at the ways that you can be able to, what you need to, to work on. Um, and, you know, he, he even kind of was saying, you know, have, have a trusted friend or family let you know lovingly what you can maybe work on. But as well, also ask your lovely Heavenly Father um, his, like, his viewpoint of what maybe you can be able to show us on your weakness that they may become strong. Yes, and because Melissa and Kristen are my trusted friends, we were all watching conference together on our phones, like texting each other about each talk, but like in different places. And as soon as he said, like, ask a trusted friend, what attributes can you develop? Like right away, I was like, okay, ladies, what Christ-like attributes do I need to work on? And I like how he mentions how even our friends can see us imperfectly because Kristen's response to me was, I don't know, Jamie, you're one of the most Christ-like people I know. And so I'm like, oh, she's so sweet. It totally built up my confidence, but I totally know there are things I need to work on. And this talk actually inspired me. I have a like Christ attributes journal. I'm following Kristen here. I actually have a Christ-like attributes journal that I have started because what I got most out of this conference is if I want to build my faith, I want to be more like him. And so, of course, I I started a journal and my first attribute that I am working on is faith. Awesome. I actually made a list of Christ-like attributes, which, I mean, the list is long, but um, just for, I wanted to make a list for myself so I could see, you know, what ones do I need to work on or want to work on or whatever, and it's like faith, virtue, knowledge, temperance, patience, brotherly kindness, godliness, charity, humility, diligence, obedience, and hope, and it's funny that Jamie brought it up because I did think about the Christ-like attributes for both of you. And if I had to pick just one, uh, Jamie, the one I chose for you was Christ-like love, because I feel like you're so empathetic towards others. You naturally try to like see their side of the view, their point of view and walk in their shoes. You give everyone the benefit of the doubt. And I really always feel like you just, you're never quick to judge. You're always kind and you see everyone as children of God. And I'm like, I need that in my life. Maybe that's why we're friends, because I do not see people. (laughs) You make me cry. That's so nice. (laughs) And then with Melissa, I thought her number one is service. So Melissa is the first person to volunteer. She's always willing to help in any way, no matter what is going on, no matter what her own needs are. And she likes to serve others both directly and indirectly. And she doesn't need recognition for doing it. She just like, if she sees the need, she's the first to step in. And Melissa, I used to live right around the corner from Melissa and Melissa is a doer. You have to be careful with what you complain or make a list of things you need to do. Because if you are on the phone, you're like, man, I'm so tired today. She's like, drop off your kids, go take a nap. Do you need me to come help you? oh, you need to clean your garage? I'll be right there. Like she is the first one there when you're like, Melissa, I just need a soda. 
<laughs> but I love that about each of I you. Do that so too. I just wanted to share that. Oh, that was so sweet. Well, now I feel like I need to return the favor. favor yeah, here. I'm <laughs> not ready, y'all. There's too many attributes that Kristen has like to nail it's down the true. Way. But my first, the first one that came to my mind though is faith. Like I admire your faith in the gospel. Like to be in a marriage where you are the only member and to get up and take your kids and set that example for them and to get yourself through the temple on your own. Like, I just think you are one of the most amazing examples of faith. Thanks. Like, when, it caught, when you think about steadfast and immovable, that, that is Kristen. It is. Absolutely. Really? Oh, yes. yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like with, with Matt, with Matt's like move over or I'll move over you. Like, like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna back down on my faith and my belief. And luckily, Matt's wonderful and it's never been like this huge issue. But it's, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Well, thank you. You guys made my night. Well, now that we've teared each other up and told each other we like each other. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like we need a girls week or something like that to like reconnect or something like that anyway um you know one thing and I, this is kind of taking it off topic but i did feel really in wanted to kind of share this point of view so um when i was reading this for the first time on sunday i was going through a, a really bad depression spell um as you guys got to hear a lot of it um but you know at the time i i, I it was the darkest i've been probably in a good over a year and i couldn't get out of bed or whatnot. So I'm like, oh, maybe if I read the talk, maybe it'll get me up and going. And the second when, you know, I'm hearing the thought, okay, ask your Heavenly Father what you're in need of. It just like crushed me. I like started crying more. I'm like, I can't feel Heavenly Father. This depression blocks my way of like, it numbs me from feeling anything. Um, and so I just wanted to share, I don't know, I'm, mental illness is definitely something that's, um, a lot of people deal with, I deal with it very, you know, a lot and, and very presently. Um, you know, I, I said a simple prayer on Monday because I was so dark on Sunday. And I just said, Heavenly Father, just let me see Jesus somehow. Amen. <laughs> like that was it. And I don't, a lot of times in my depressive modes, I don't feel the spirit the way we feel the spirit in this, you know, with our feeling of our hearts being lifted or being touched or burning bosom or whatnot. I just don't feel it that way. Um, but the things that I was able to understand there as I was able to understand Christ more um, and slowly, but surely I felt like highlights of little lights of the, of the, the savior kind of came peeking out of these dark clouds among. And so I just wanted to encourage anybody out there that's just, that has mental illness and feels very disconnected from um, our Heavenly father he is still very, very much aware of you. He is very much knows of who you are and will speak to you in the language that you need to hear. And what was so wonderful about this talk where at first when I read it, I felt just, okay, that's it. I, I can't do it. I'm just, I'm never going to become like Savior. It's just not going to happen. It's not in the cards for me. Like, just show me to outer darkness. Like, let me just find my plot and be there. It just was too much for me and it was overwhelming and so discouraging, but to allow, but for the Savior to be able to, and the Heavenly Father to be able to touch me in a way that I felt more hope and desire that 
he was talking to me. Like I said, it wasn't a burning feeling, but it was the way I needed to be heard where I, now I can read the talk and feel like, okay, I can, do, I can do this. So I just encourage all you out there with depression just to keep, keep the faith and keep putting one step in front of the other, even though you may not feel, feel, feel it around you. Anyway, sorry for that side note. That was just something I came across in this paragraph. <laughs> Moving on. In the talk, yeah, in the, in the talk, he goes on about how um, a really good activity to complete is the chapter six of Preach My Gospel. And we've already gone so much time on how much we all love each other. So I'm not going to go into it, but I would definitely suggest checking out that activity. I went through it. It's linked in, um, in the gospel tools and on the church website, but you can just Google it as well and it is awesome like literally step by step on it's pretty cool yeah on identifying the attributes doing like a definition a description like it literally takes it step by step and breaks it down for you and it's not such an abstract um goal and i really like that you can do it simply just one thing at a time and it's not overwhelming it gives you a lot of good direction so um definitely check that out if you want to you know be more like christ intentionally yeah. and then he goes on to just saying that once you've made that honest assessment once we've kind of figured that out um start start hiking up the mountain and and I like, it says that you'll need to repent. And when I read that on Sunday, again, I felt very discouraged. But then I realized that repent is the choice to change um, our perspective. It's not necessarily the repent because you are bad and you need to become good, but you need to change your perspective. And that's something that at least I know I've had. And so it's kind of cool to ponder that just even tonight and realizing, oh no, I, I have repented. I wasn't, I'm not a bad person for having depression, but I have changed some of my perspective and thought patterns, which is the process of repenting to be better. And so anyway, um, so I really like that. It says now it's time to go. It's time to, to move and, and, and get going. Um, so the next part he goes is to identify and to act. So now, now go and do that. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be something that's going to be, um, but your efforts of continually, of continually doing, continually putting it to, to practice, continually, um, trying to do it in a, in a good, with good intentions. There's a quote that I'm, I'll share later that I really liked about it of just the, where the focus is, where it's coming from. Um, is it for the praise of man or is it for the love that you have for, for those around you? And again, I like how he says again, to just select just one attribute, an attribute that you will that will keenly become your focus so that we just don't get so overwhelmed. We don't have to become like Christ tomorrow. So that's not going to happen. Um, you just got to find that one and work on it and put effort into it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so the next part of it, he talks about, um, recording and sustain and I, I apologize I don't remember either some things I have highlighted in this section but um this was a kind of a hard talk not in a bad way but 
just for me to get wrap my head around some of the summaries of this part. Hey, I can I can take over for you. Please, what record and sustain? What was the summaries of that part? Because I he he talks about as like you're striving to become like Christ to record your experiences and what you've learned from it, um, so that you won't forget and that you can actually see yourself progressing. And then he's also talked about how he's observed individuals within the church and without the church that have those attributes that he wants. Um, and I, I have people in my life all the time that I look at them and I'm like, oh my gosh, I wish I could think of people and serve them the way that she does. Or I wish I knew the scriptures like that person did, you know? So um, just recording those experiences and the things you need to do to become more like Christ. Yeah. I love it too. Um, he says it, it kind of goes with what, along with Jamie said, but he said it earlier in the talk about how if we seek gifts to serve others, it like we get more blessings from it than if we just do it for ourselves. And how when you focus on one attribute, you naturally other attributes uh, um, come to you as well. And his example is if you focus deeply on charity, how could you not increase your love and humility as well? So I just love that um, having these attributes are gifts from our Heavenly Father that bless both us and those around us. I, I do like at the very end when he talks about the true Christianity on how it's in which we strive to become like our master and we're always required our best effort. I don't know if you guys saw the, this, the clip note to that. It was really empowering. So it says... Um, the cliff note to that of the best effort, it says that if our definition of being, and this is from Sheldon in his steps, I don't know what that is, but anyway, it says, if our definition of being a Christian is simply to enjoy the privileges of worship, be generous at no expense to ourselves, having a good, easy time surrounded by pleasant friends and by, by comfortable things, live respectfully, and at the same time avoid the world's greatest stress of sin and trouble, because it's too much pain to bear it. If this is our definition of Christianity, surely we are, are a long way from following in the steps of him who trod the way with groans and tears and sobs of anguish for a lost, for a lost humanity, who sweat as it were great drops of blood, who cried out on the upward cross, my God, my God, why, the hell, why has thou forsaken me? Um, and I just really like that a lot. I, I feel like that is so much uh, when we go to our, we, we think that if we go to church and we think that if we're with our, the members of our church, it's just going to be easy and it's going to be simple. When we go and serve with someone, it's just going to be like, they're just going to do what you tell them to do or, or they're going to whatever. Um, and the, the reality is that we're all different and we all react differently. We all have different priorities in a really great way so that way we can come to understand and love each other like christ has loved each other and we grow when we come to step outside of our own viewpoints and really try to get into people's shoes and understand how they're how they view things right and i love that towards the end of this section like he makes it so clear like he says now a brief word of caution the commandment to be like him is not intended to make you feel guilty unworthy or unloved. Our entire mortal experience is about progression, trying, failing, and succeeding. And then he goes on to say, 
you are good enough, you are loved, but that does not mean that you are yet complete. And so becoming like Christ isn't telling us you're not good enough. It's just, we're not complete. We have a lot of work to do while we're here on this earth. I wonder even too how much the adversary is really twisting that viewpoint of becoming like Christ and trying to check off these, we're such a check off list of church culture. And I really came to the aha moment where I've been, I really do strive to be like the Savior. I do, I strive to be the best person possible. And I think in the process of that, I put so much pressure on me to be perfect. When the Savior himself, when he was on this earth, he wasn't like, you know, walking a certain path perfectly. He was just loving people. You know, one of the things that he constantly says, like, when you're serving me, serve the least of me, my brother. Go to the least of those. Go, go to those that are, are in me, the, the humble and the meek and, and the lonely in heart. He was always going for those and having a relationship with those. Because in the end, yeah, we'll take our knowledge, but we're not going to take all of our things or our callings that we had. We're going to take our relationships that we had. And I feel like being like the Savior is loving and having a relationship with those around him. And, and in, in turn, we become more like him and we learn of those Christ-like attitudes. It was just the biggest kind of thing for me, that it wasn't be like the Savior, like learn how to run the way he runs, you know, or whatnot, but more like have these relationships like he had relationships. Anyway, that was a cool moment for me, at least. I like that. Um, so, yeah, so then he kind of ends it off just saying that, you know, um, I love his animal testimony, just saying, I know that becoming like him through his divine help and strength is, is achievable step by step. If, uh, if not so, he would not give us this commandment. I know this in part because I've seen attributes of him in so many of you. Um, and so I just liked his challenge that he has that, take this commandment not as a, you know, that's a good, that's good, a good idea, but more of a, how can we, how can we do this in your sense? How can it be applicable to you? Because all the commandments are, as we have a relationship with our Heavenly Father, are applicable to you and in, in your journey to become like him. So, all right, let's hit off with our quotes because there's some, there's a lot of good ones. Actually, I, I feel like we should have done like a couple because we all had a couple that weren't even overlapping that were really good. But we'll just do one for now. So. I know. Nobody had a Rochambeau this time. Nope. I was ready to throw down mine, too. I'm like, I'm taking this one. This one's mine. But <laughs> you guys didn't like it. So <laughs> you guys picked other ones. Anyway, Jamie starts off. All right. Mine was, truly, there is no other way to heal the wounds of broken relationships or of a fractured society than for each of us to more fully emulate the Prince of Peace. And I just love that quote, especially with what's going on in the world today. Like, what better way to show up in the world than with the light of Christ? Uh, there's already so much darkness around us. And if we can emulate our Savior, we can just make it that much brighter. Absolutely. Mine, not shocking, is <laughs> <laughs> I may not soon make it to the top, but I can do this next step right now. I'm telling you, I it just seems like the biggest lesson that I've learned, which is funny because I was kind of reflecting on this year so far. And with like the slow build of my house, 
that I should be living in right now, but I'm not. (laughs) And everything that I've learned just from exercising and trying to be more patient with my children and other stuff that it really is just little things that amount to big things. And I think it's, it's important to keep that in mind and not beat ourselves up over it if, as long as we're still trying and not giving up. Absolutely. All right. So mine, I went back to my roots of having a nice long lengthy. Cause I think you guys missed my longer quotes. Anyway, it says that our efforts to obtain these attributes will require heartfelt pleas for his divine assistance. If we seek these gifts to better serve others, he will bless us in our efforts selfishly pursuing a gift from God will end in disappointment and frustration. Um, that's probably why I've been disappointed because I've been selfish and wanting to like the glory of me or becoming so good. Um, but I, I really feel like if we are looking um, for these attributes as a way to serve, um, serve others, we'll be even more blessed and be able to achieve the, the commandment to be like him sooner. So that's what I got. And that was the talk. It was a really good talk. It was, you know, it's definitely one of those I feel like I'd love to continue to reread again, you know, as we journey a little bit more and see how we've done and go back to see more, has so much, so much good stuff to it that I think it's one of those that you can get a lot of, a lot out of different aspects of your life. And that's it. So we'll see you next time on Sitting With My Sisters. Adios. Bye.